Have you ever heard the story of the baptism of the Gauls? I'm not sure if it's actually a true story, maybe more of an urban legend, but it is an important story. The Gauls were a warlike people who in ancient times inhabited what is now France and Belgium in Northern Europe. They spoke a Celtic language and their religion was quite primitive. And as the Roman Empire expanded into Northern Europe, the Gauls were absorbed into that expanding culture, though history shows there were numerous Gallic uprisings and battles. A number of Christian missionaries ventured into the Gallic territory, and over time, many of the Gauls became Christians. And as the story goes, when a converted warrior was baptized in a river or stream, he would hold one arm out in the air as the missionary was dunking him under the water. This seemed like a peculiar custom, and the missionaries soon learned the reason for this custom. When the next battle or the next skirmish broke out, the warlike Gaul would, would proclaim, this arm is not baptized, and he could grab his sword and his axe or his uh, club and ride off to destroy his enemies in a most unchristian kind of fashion. This is a compelling image. The picture of someone, anyone, holding back one part of the body, one part of our identity, free from the influence of baptism or conversion. Our word of this week is, you can see in the bulletin, generosity. All through the scriptures we are invited by God who calls us, who exhorts us, who challenges us, who in, invites us to be generous people. God is so generous with our lives. We're called to be God's generous people with how we live in the world. And as you've gathered already, we're thinking in these days about stewardship and how we live our lives from the blessings that God bestows upon us as a blessing in the world. What does that look like? How should it look? What could it be this week, this month, this year? So covered in God's love, so richly showered with care and presence and God's purposes and peace for us. How do we live embodying God's love and purposes and peace? But whenever someone starts talking about generosity, and when the preacher starts talking about stewardship, well, many of us might begin to get nervous, and we begin the imaginations and the calculations about how to keep our money dry, right? How to keep that part of our lives separate from Christian conversion. It's tempting, and it's easy to... Picture modern Christians going under the water and being willing to have everything wet and baptized except for probably our wallets and maybe our cell phones. Uh, just like the Gauls, we're, we're open to being Christian. We're open to being followers of Jesus. We're open to 
lots of things that God calls us to be about, but when it comes to certain areas, there is some caution, and there is some pause, and there is some reservation, certain aspects of our lives. So whenever we talk about generosity, we really need to talk about the real issue, our tendency to cling tightly to our money. We need to be honest. We need to reflect on our reservations and our nervousness in order to be fully converted, money and all. One of my good preacher friends likes to say that our job as preachers, Presbyterian ministers, is first and foremost to help people gain the joy of generosity. That's one of my main jobs in part because no church that I know has a professional fundraiser. People who help other people make gifts with integrity and effectiveness in ways that will be most beneficial to the giver and to the recipient. Fundraisers. Thank God for fundraisers, but the church doesn't have fundraisers. So we have to help each other think about our blessings and about how God calls us to be a blessing. We have to help each other think about what gives us pause and caution that we can be more generous and faithful. So this becomes one of my main jobs, and it's an important job for preachers. It's an important conversation for Christians because we live in a culture that tries to convince us of another way of living. We live in a culture that wants to persuade us that joy is rooted not in giving, but in having. We live in a culture that wants us to believe that joy is in acquiring and keeping and indulging all for our desires to suggest that money comes, that joy comes in giving away, joy comes in letting go, joy comes in sharing that seems odd to our ears. So we're all hesitant and we're all reluctant and we may get a little nervous to try it. We don't mind being baptized, but we calculate and we coordinate our lives in measured ways and we certainly want to protect our pocketbooks and our purses. We want to love God and we want to love our neighbor, but we don't want it to take over our lives and we're certainly not sure about full generosity. We celebrate our connections to God and one another in this wonderful church, as Kathy just shared from her life, but we are very adept at giving with caution and with calculation instead of expansive generosity. We can't give it all away, we think. That would be foolish, so we hold back. We hold back, sort of like the galls, and we cling and we keep searching for joy. But because we're often searching in all the wrong places, it always eludes us. It becomes part of my job, my calling, uh, to help us all think about generosity. It's our subject for today. Generosity, like faith, is learned. It's learned as we practice it. We learn to trust people that we love by trusting them. We learn to trust God, especially when the darkest moments come, by trusting God. We learn the joy of faith by actually taking leaps of faith. That's how we become more faithful. That's how generosity works 
also. We discover the joy of generosity by stepping out in faith and being more generous than we ever thought we could be. We learn the fullness of life as we give ourselves away. This is Jesus' invitation to us. Give it away. Give our lives away, our treasures away. The most joyful and contented people are the most generous people. That's how it works. And it takes intentionality and it takes practice. You heard those wonderful words from Proverbs uh, read today. Some give freely, yet grow richer. A generous person will be enriched, and the one who gives water will get water. Proverbs are the truths that want to shape our lives, and Proverbs often run counter to how we think, to what we believe. They're trying to challenge our normal thinking. The more you give, the more you receive. That's the message. The importance of generosity, the way to joy, the way to life. Our second lesson today is less a teaching. You've already gotten a glimpse of it from Ginger. It's more a report, a report of what was happening to the first Christians as they came together, opened their hearts to God's Spirit, and worshipped and sought to serve God. Listen to Acts 2. Awe came upon them because many wonders and signs were being done by the apostles. All who believed were together and they had all things in common. They would sell their possessions and goods and distribute the proceeds to all as any had need. Day by day, as they spent much time together in the temple, they broke bread at home and ate their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having the goodwill of all people. And day by day, the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. This is the word of the Lord. All came upon them. The people were together and they had everything in common. There was no hoarding, but generous sharing. No holding back, but gracious living. Imagine that. No keeping and indulging for themselves, but concern for others, especially the needy. And they worshiped and they enjoyed the goodwill of each other, sharing food and celebrating life with glad and generous hearts. Imagine that. So much generosity. Faithful giving is what faithful living looks like. Martin Luther once said that all of us need to experience three conversions. The conversion of our minds, the conversions of our hearts, and the conversions of our pocketbooks. Three conversions. Many of us want to rope off certain areas of our life, off limits to any spiritual inspection. It's nobody's business what I do with my money, we say. And then we realize how foolish that is, and then we realize how far that carries us from the joy that God intends for us. Everything is God's business or we're not about God. All we have and all we are come from God and are for God. This is the beauty of life. This is the good news about life, the very essence of the gospel. God's presence cover us, covers us. All of our lives are for God. Once we realize this, we find freedom and joy. We see this over and over again. 
as we walk through Jesus, through Galilee, in all the Gospels. Jesus called followers and he invited them to renounce their worldly goods and material possessions. He was, in, he was not inviting them into poverty. He was trying to reframe how they lived their lives. He was not denigrating worldly goods and possessions. He was trying to help them focus their lives on what was freedom and what would bring joy. He was not against goods and possessions. He was trying to show them the way, the way to life, the way to God, the way to God's work in the world. So his disciples left their nets and their boats to fish for people, and they left their offices, and they left their families, and they left their coats, and they left their treasures, and it was all about the new way of living. And the basic point seems to be our deep need to give, our deep need to be generous. Give and be generous because it opens our hearts to God and to God's way. Give and be generous because it opens our heart to freedom and joy. Give and be generous not because the church needs it or the poor need it. Mostly, give and be generous because in giving, in generosity, there is life. There's God. God. Now, allow me to add some data to this just to help you think about this just to encourage our faithfulness about this encourage our generosity here's some data if each household in this wonderful church family gave ten dollars a week more to god through the for the work of this church we would have one hundred and four thousand more dollars for the ministry of this church in 2017 ten dollars a week from just each family we could do a whole lot with $104,000 more. $10 a week is not something most of us are going to miss. It's an expensive coffee at some coffee shops. It's less than a lunch in any given week, but it would greatly add to God's work through this church. If each household gave $100 more per month, generosity for our mission efforts, that devotion would generate 240000 more for 2017. Now, perhaps $100 a month is something many of us could do. No problem. Perhaps $100 a month is not something many of us could do. But $240,000 would be a 25% increase in our total budget. It would add 25% more to the church's mission that would be transforming that would be so expansive for god's work in the world but here's the deal none of that data is really the important data the important data comes from the great joy in our hearts and in our homes the freedom and the satisfaction of knowing that giving generously we are growing in faith Giving generously, we are connecting with God and God's purposes in the world. That's the important data. What God is looking for most, what Jesus teaches over and over, is the importance of our lives framed in the faithfulness 
in loving and serving generously. The picture of the early church in Acts 2 says nothing about who was being fed. It talks about the glad and generous hearts, the transformation of the people in that community. The depiction there is of the life and the vitality and the closeness to God and God's work that comes from joy and generous hearts. That's what's reported. We want to strive for that, and it will lead to many, many wonderful things. That's the real data. Perhaps you know something about the Broadway production Wicked. Ginger and I got to see Wicked in New York. Maybe you've seen it. It's also been traveling around the country. It'll probably be traveling around forever, it seems. Um, it's the untold story of the witches of Oz, and it's kind of the backstory to the Wizard of Oz. It's a great commentary on good and evil. It's a great commentary on the complexities of life. Not a simple story like the Wizards of Wizard of Oz, but uh, Wicked reminds us that there is uh, so much good in the worst of us and so much bad in the best of us that it behooves any of us to talk about the rest of us. That's what Wicked is about. One of the signature songs of Wicked is sung by both the, quote, good witch and the bad witch, mostly by uh, El Faba, and it's entitled Defying Gravity. It begins as a back and forth between uh, Glinda, the good witch, and El Faba, the bad witch, and Alfaba asserts that she's flying off. She's defying gravity. And as she sings, she's lifted high and higher, and it becomes a real high point of the production. The song becomes so loud, and it's an important point, defying gravity. Defying gravity, being free from what traps us and holds us back, soaring and whether it's figuratively or literally, that's a basic longing of our heart. To soar beyond what crimps us. To soar out of what burdens us and weighs us down so heavily. Leaving behind that which limits us and discourages us. And soaring where fears subside and anxieties go away and love wins. And we discover joy and freedom. Well, that is a basic longing of all of us. And God knows this. And Jesus teaches this over and over. Let go. Do not fear. Do not be afraid. Life is not about the houses we build. Life is not about the possessions that are ours. Those things are like gravity. They pull us down. They tug on our hearts and lives downward, downward. Life is not in acquiring and keeping and indulging. That's not the way to God, nor the way of faith. It pulls us downward, not heavenward. Generosity, heavenward. A generous person will be enriched and one who gives water will get water. With glad and generous hearts, it says, the people worshiped and served, praising God and discovering joy and peace. Throughout the scriptures, this is the message. We are encouraged, challenged to defy gravity, to, to soar as God's people 
And it happens through generosity. May God's Spirit so touch each one of our lives, transform each one of our hearts, and move us to defy gravity and soar as God's people, fully converted for full, expansive generosity. Alleluia. Amen. Let us pray. We believe, O oh God, help our unbelief and allow us, allow us, inspire us to soar in love, in faith, in hope, and generosity following Christ our Lord. Amen.